most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The bats, relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Flex podcast presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Samantha Perviti. As always, I am so excited to be joined by Brandon Anderson, NFL and NBA writer here at Action Network. You can find on Twitter at Wheaton Brando. Brandon, tell me about your playoff teams right now. Did you make it in every league? Oh, you know, I always make the playoffs. That's that's just like the bare minimum. That's the floor outcome. But, you know, it's it's going to be a tight one. I always say the goal is for me, the number one goal is to make the playoffs. One A is make the playoffs with the bye week. If your league has that, the best way to not lose in fantasy is to not play in fantasy. So the best thing you can do is earn your bye week and skip one of those weeks. Cause otherwise it's just, you know, it's fantasy. It's random. Things happen. And you know, you, you've done your best. If you are a one or a two seed, if you've got your team set up, Pat yourself on your back and feel good about it. And you got to kind of play the lottery from here and hope you get a little lucky. Well, that is not everyone's floor. I did miss the playoffs in a couple of leagues, to be honest, in like analyst type leagues. So I want to like tell myself that that's okay. Uh, I mean, I just, one of the teams was just horrendous from the start. Like it just, injuries and injuries and injuries. So like I no point that I think we were gonna, I was going to make the playoffs in that one. And then the other one, I didn't know how many teams made it in that league. So I thought I was fighting for the last spot. And it turns out that like only like four teams make it or something like that. So I was like, all right, well, at least I was out of it a while ago. Um, and then like I got a surprise from another league because I came in like seventh out of 12 in one league. And I was like, damn, that stinks. Um, and they have a seventh playoff spot. Like only one team gets a buy. So do you have a preferred playoff format, like number of teams, bye weeks, the way that thing's set up? Do you have any any particular ways you like it to to see it? I don't really have like strong feelings. I would say that like the normal setup with like the top two teams getting a buy and about half of the teams making the playoffs. Now I think that there should be like a at least one spot reserved for like the top scorer if the top scorer didn't already make it in just because like there have been situations where like someone goes like seven and seven and they like had the best records. I sorry, they had the best points. Um, So yeah, I mean, I don't have like too, too strong feelings other than just like don't play into week 18. Yes. Well, that's, that's a given for sure. Definitely don't play week 18, you know, still week 17 in my head, but week 17 is okay this year now that they changed the schedule. But uh, I, I always, I never figured out the solution, but I, I wish that there were ways to reward, you know, like in, in the NFL, in any sport, when you make the playoffs, you get home field, you get an advantage that carries with you based on how you did during the season. So I wish I have not seen a site that allows it yet, but I would love for you to get like home field advantage in the playoffs so that if you were the one seed and you average six points a game more than the team that you're playing you start ahead six, nothing like that's your home field advantage that you earn from the season or you know, something like that. That gives you a little protection as the higher seed. You know, I, I, I want the higher team. I want the better teams to win in the end. And that's because I expect that I'm going to have the better teams. So I want to have some advantage when I get there, not just have this crapshoot when I show up 
So I thought of that. The other one is if you have like a 16 playoff, I know that this is, you know, this is like blasphemy, but what if you skip the head to head and you throw six teams in and kind of make it like an elimination round. So Mm -hmm. everyone plays their lineup and like only the top four go on and then the four play their lineup and the top two go on. I don't even mind that the, the two teams in the championship do like a two week head to head. I've enjoyed that before. So, you know, mix it up. I think there's some ways to to make playoffs a little better. I don't think I've played in any of these interesting playoff formats, <laughs> but um, speaking of just like randomness, though, oh, my goodness, the COVID situation last week was bad. Oh. We thought that was bad. And now it's going to be worse this week. So that's going to be really tough for managers, especially going into the first week of the playoffs with like a lot of guys in jeopardy of not playing or like someone around them that's going to affect them like Baker Mayfield not playing or, you know, whatever. Um, And then we did have a slew of injuries last week. Uh, You know, uh, Lamar Jackson going out early. Don't know if Tyler Huntley is going to start that game. So it's going to be a little dicey this week, but it's kind of like, this is why we love it. Some of like the randomness, but also I don't want to be like, that's why we love it. COVID (laughs) certainly not that, not that at all. I just mean, we do like some of the like unexpected type stuff. So, and and a plea for mercy. If you are a commissioner in your league, we're in a pandemic. So if, if something weird happens and like last second, one of your guys, someone in your league has a player missed from COVID or something like there's random stuff happening everywhere. So I know that we all have our like, you know, 10 commandment rules written out and we have to follow it to a T like this is a game and we're in a pandemic. And if something weird happens, you know, adapt on the fly and allow things like don't let your playoffs and championship be decided because like, oh, a game got postponed three days or, oh, you know, this team lost all their starters for COVID or something like that. So, you know, be a little this is the fantasy flex after all. So be flexible. (laughs) and make it work. Let everyone have a fair chance. I agree. Uh, Jamie Eisenberg was on 21 questions earlier this week, and he was talking about how, like I said, what would be one rule that you would change across often like leagues if you could. And he said something like uh, be able to like sub a player that either like something like that or like that went down in the first quarter because that just stinks. So I thought that was a radical idea, but maybe in the context of COVID makes more sense for sure. All right. Let us just jump into our final edition of play hole drop. Brandon, I'm getting, I'm getting sentimental. I know it's our last <laughs> one. We, does, does this mean, are, are we graduating? Have we earned our PhD? Is that what this means? Yeah, this is our, we defend our dissertation, whatever. There we the go. You yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> whatever you call it. I am, I am no academic, so I'm not even going to pretend to know like what it's actually called. So uh, cool. well, I, I'll refer to you as Dr. Samantha from now on after this <laughs> podcast, assuming that you've defended appropriately. Okay. All right. All right. Let us, and we've got some obviously real ones like normal. And then we've got some fun ones at the end for you guys. So definitely stay tuned for those. All right. Well, let's start out with our quarterbacks. Like usual, we managed to keep Kirk Cousins out. He's out of our lives. There's no more PhD for Kirk. So we do have a quarterback in the Vikings game, though. We're going with Justin Fields playing the Vikings. We've got Jimmy Garoppolo and Tua Tagovailoa. So what do you think between these three, play, hold, or drop? I didn't mean to, like, rub salt in the wound today, by the way, when I said, well, Vikings past defense is really bad. Like I knew it was bad, but it's pretty bad. So that's probably like part 
at least part of the reason that Justin Fields is even in this conversation. I mean, I think he's a serviceable streamer. Um, the play for me, though, is going to be Tua. He was one of my favorite waiver wire pickups this week that I think you can ride for all three weeks in the playoffs. Since week six, when he returned from his injury, he's QB 10 for fantasy on a per game basis, averaging more points per game than Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, just as we all predicted, obviously. Um, so, you know, the, the schedule starts with the Jets at home, then on the road in New Orleans and then Tennessee. So it, it doesn't get much, much better than that. Um, I would say that his week 15 matchup is the worst of the group, which is just an indictment on how bad the Falcons and uh, Vikings have been against the past. So uh, I like him as like a fringe top 12 play. I'm going to hold on to Justin Fields. Uh, had a nice game in his return from injury. It was his second best fantasy performance to date. Finished top 12 for the week. He has the second best matchup of the group against the Vikings. But the schedule does get tougher. That said, I think he just has like so much of a higher upside in than the other guys. Like he's the guy that you're like swinging for the fences with. So I'm sitting in this week just because I think Tua is the safer play. Um, I'm just hoping Matt Nagy doesn't screw this up for us. Like, I can see it. I can see it happening. And then Jimmy G, he actually has an amazing schedule down the stretch. Falcons, Titans, and Texans. Um, the Falcons are second worst in the NFL against fantasy quarterbacks, but I just think his upside is lower than the rest. I mean, he, he's been really like decent over the past couple of weeks and this is a good matchup, but of the three, I mean, I'm going with Tua. What say you, Brandon? Yeah. So that's really interesting because Tua is my drop here. So I was really listening out on that one because I didn't even really give Tua a ton of credit or consideration here. And you got me thinking again a little bit. I think the reason for me is looking at these three, it's clear to me, if this is my spot, I am not relying on my quarterback to win my game for me. I just need a quarterback not to lose my game for me. So in that spot, I'm looking more at floor. So I actually went with Jimmy Garoppolo as my play because I think that he has the safer floor. I agree. There's not a lot of ceiling there, but I don't see a huge ceiling in any of these three right now. Garoppolo, five of the last six games has two touchdowns or more. So very stable. It's not that I trust him, though his metrics have been very good. His like EPA and all the fancy metrics have been, you know, performing well this year. But I trust San Francisco. Like if I play Jimmy, I also get to play George Kittle and Trent Williams and Debo Samuel. I get all their stuff. He just has to get the ball to them, like shuffle, pass it forward and let me have some stats for that. So I, I'll play him. I ended up dropping Tua because I agree with Fields on the hold. I think they just kind of in the middle of the middle of the uh, field per se. Uh, last six games, only six touchdowns, even counting rushing, but about 55 rushing yards a game. That's an extra touchdown. So that gets you to the floor a little bit better. Tua, just the numbers are kind of all over the map for me. And I know the Dolphins have, I think, like a five game win streak right now. But I just something feels off to me. I, I'm just not quite ready to buy on that team yet. So we got a couple of dolphins in here. I just couldn't quite get there on Tua, but you've got me thinking again about it. So you made a good case for him. I think also part of it is that they may have no running backs left uh, going into this game. Might be crazy. Did, did they have any to start with? <laughs> Dude, but like they have this whole outbreak now and they may need to yeah. sign some guy off the street. Like, so I, yeah. I mean, I just think that it will lend itself because of that a little bit more to throwing, but I, I totally understand your reservations about Tua. He's not the sexiest name, but neither is Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy's like 
an attractive dude, but like the name itself doesn't inspire a lot of confidence for fantasy football. All right, let us move on to running backs. Yeah, so I like this trio that you chose because all three of them are coming off a randomly huge game after having done basically nothing the whole season. So here we are. It's the playoffs. Rashad Penny, that's the one on the Seahawks playing the Rams. Miles Sanders or Dante Foreman. What do you think between these three? So Foreman has the best week 15 matchup of the three. The Steelers have just looked so bad against the run. Like I feel like I could have gotten like at least 10 yards against them. But third most rushing rushing yards per game, the seventh most fantasy points, two running backs this year. And they've just been torched over the last five weeks by Dalvin Cook, Devonta Freeman, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler. And DeAndre Swift, I know Dante Foreman would probably be towards the bottom of that list. But at the same time, I just like I really think that defense has looked really bad. Foreman has had two double digit fantasy points in a row and half PPR found the end zone last week against the Jags. He appears to be leading this backfield of scrubs. So I'm going to just roll with it and hope that, you know, like the matchup works out. I'm holding on to Miles Sanders. He did explode in week 13. Uh, then got injured. So he had 27 touches for 142 scrimmage yards in that game against the Jets. But kind of everyone goes off against the Jets um, on the ground. Uh, they had the bye and it looks like he is trying to play this week. He's got the toughest matchup of the three with Washington on deck. Washington ranks 12th best against fantasy running backs. It's not a stay away matchup for me, but I'm just like really concerned about this Eagles backfield. I mean, we've got Sanders, we've got Kenny Gainwell who ended up having a good game in the game that Sanders was hurt because of that. And then Boston Scott, who we thought was going to be the guy, he was sick all week. And then he was used like a zombie, um, maybe in just emergency situations. And then Jordan Howard, don't know how healthy he is. So it's really just like, I need to see how they're going to wield this backfield before I feel comfortable rolling out any of them. Rashad Penny, top waiver out of the week for good reason. Popped off for 16 carries, 137 yards, and two touchdowns against Houston. I just figure some of the usage, at least some of it, is going to be game scripts because this game was not close at any point. And the game, game script could be flipped next week on the road against the Rams, coming off of a huge Monday night win over the Cardinals. Toss in the fact that Alex Collins and DJ Dallas are still being involved. I just think he's the least enticing of the group. Fine waiver ad. I just, of these three, he's not the one that I want to play. So I think I'm different than you on all three of these here. So I'm going to start by cutting miles because I, the Eagles, this surprised me. The Eagles have been a really a running team, this, the kind of the middle half of the season so far. And so you'd think that he should be reliable, but he's just not getting reliable enough carries and yards. And even worse, he hasn't scored a touchdown all season and their receptions have disappeared. They're really not throwing it to him at least anymore. So there's just not a ton of upside there for me unless it happens to be the day where he gets a bunch of carries. But he seems to get in the doghouse a lot, too, with injuries, Uh, just too too much downside and not enough upside for me. So he's the drop for me. And between the other two, so I'm going to play Penny. And I think here, this is just me taking a shot at some upside. And I know we're not going to get the upside from last week, probably 137 yards and two touchdowns. I think like half of that came on a late touchdown. We just broke away near the end of the game. So it's a crowded backfield. I'm a little more worried about Tennessee's crowded backfield. Dante Foreman only played 32% of the snaps last week, and that was in a shutout. So that, that was a positive game script. And even then, Hilliard's on the field, McNichols on the field. Like you'd think 
of all the game, like, look, if Derrick Henry was playing, Derrick Henry would have played like 140% of the snaps in a shutout game. Like they would just hand it off to him multiple times in every play down the stretch. And that Foreman is the power runner. Like that's, that's the game script that you should trust him. in. so Seattle, I don't know, Dallas and Collins, they don't inspire too much for me. They're not even really that different of backs. I just think Penny is a more talented guy. And I also don't mind the, the situations in those. I kind of like Pittsburgh at home against Tennessee. And I think Seattle can keep it close with the Rams. So I'm, I'm going to lean playing Penny, going for just keeping a hot down the stretch. We've seen it with fantasy before. You know, you get these random running backs. One of these guys are going to win someone a playoff game this week. A lot of someone's a playoff game. So if, if it's my lineup, hopefully it's Rashad Penny. Yeah, it came down to matchup for me. I just thought that the matchup with the tight uh, for the Titans was just the best. And it, yeah. it looked like Foreman was being used earlier in the game and then that he kind of disappeared when the game was no longer competitive. I mean, not that that was competitive for that long. Was it ever that's, with Jackson? And then, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Fine. And that's when yeah. they started mixing in Hilliard and McNichols. Sure. So, I, I mean, I think that they maybe were trying to protect him at that point, but who knows? Um that's my my best guess here. But uh, of course, that means Rashad Penny is going to have three touchdowns this week. I had I started him in like two leagues. Um, oh, I, had wow. a, I had a league that I started. I kid you not, like Russell Gage, uh, Joshua Palmer and uh, Rashad Penny. And hey, you know, if it works, it works. And it works like every yeah, one of those guys those games, right? And every one of those guys was like fantastic. Um, But like, I was like literally like Sunday morning being like, oh crap, I need a wide receiver. (laughs) And I picked up uh, Joshua Palmer and it was like, I don't know who this guy is. Like, I I know that he's on the Chargers, but I don't know anything about him. So uh, yeah, Uh, Yeah. jokes on everyone else that ran to the waiver wire to try to pick up Rashad Penny. (laughs) It's already on my team. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a rough, but when you're one of us and we're full-time, you know, NFL analysts and you're like, wait, who, who, who is this guy? What's his name? If we haven't heard of you, like you are really down the roster list away. I'm sorry, Joshua Palmer's uh, grandmother. Yes, for sure. Uh, all right. Let's look at some receivers. So we've got Devante Parker, who, by the way, might be like the single player that I just forget exists. Like every month his name comes up and I'm like, I mean, oh, it's yeah, easy to forget. Cause he's like in and out. Like, I mean, you see yeah, him yes. for a game and then you might not see him for six more games. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what we think about him. We've got Devante Parker, Chase Claypool and the tastefully named Brandon Ayuk. What do you think between those three? Oof. These are actually really close to me. So Parker is another guy that I, I did really like as a, as a waiver wire ad. But that's like when I say that I like someone as a waiver wire ad, like we're looking at guys that are 50 percent out there or more. So it doesn't necessarily mean that I love them. It means like if you need a receiver, he might be a good pickup. Now, you know, he's been a solid play throughout his career when healthy. Appeared to be good to go with the Dolphins before the Dolphins buy after missing seven games earlier this year. So, Brandon, you are forgiven for not <laughs> for forgetting this guy exists. I mean, he caught five of five targets for 62 yards against the Giants, but did take a backseat in terms of targets to Jalen Waddell and Mike Kosicki and Albert Wilson, um, two of which saw 11 targets. So 
I mean, I think there's it's, he's coming back and there is a little bit more competition. The matchup isn't as enticing as it would seem because the Jets have been abysmal at most things this year, but have weirdly allowed the eighth fewest fantasy points to receivers. I think that's because teams just jump up really high on them and then start running the ball and their run defense is trash. So uh, I think he's a fine waiver wire pickup, but he is the least favorite in this group. So I'm okay with moving on with him. I, I think... I'm going to go Chase Claypool as the play. It's uh, it's cool. He gets to play two of the worst de- bottom two defenses against fantasy receivers in back-to-back weeks. Did really well against the Vikings, caught eight of nine targets for 93 yards. I think he's going to feast on the Titans, um, who've allowed the second most fantasy points to receivers with Ben Roethlisberger looking like an adequate passer. Let's say that. <laughs> Let's give him adequate. Like, uh, And this juicy matchup, I just think he, is a, he has a lot of upside in this one. I'm going to hold Brandon Ayuk. I have trust issues with this Brandon, not you, Brandon, not all Brandons, but you, but this Brandon Um, week 13 Debo Samuel's out. And I'm like, Oh, this is the game. This is the IU game. Three of six passes for 55 yards week 14, where he's like outside of the circle of trust with Samuel back in the lineup. He catches six of 11 targets for 62 yards and a touchdown. Cause all of that totally makes sense. So, I mean, the, the match of this week against the Falcons is fantastic. They've allowed the fourth most fantasy points to receivers this year. I just think like weirdly he has the biggest like bagel potential of all these guys. Like there's such a wide range of outcomes for an Ayuk game. I think I like need to see him do it two weeks in a row for me to, to for him to like come back in the circle of trust. So he is my hold. Uh, what do you think, Brandon? So I'm going to change what I was going to go with here. You sold me. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to back all three of your decisions. I was dropping Parker, so I'm with you on that. I was going to play Brandon Ayuk. You know, he is a Brandon after all, so it's an easy tie break for me. But I think you convinced me. Brandon, I'm going to play Claypool. Just, just any Brandon. Let's go Brandon, own. right? So, yeah, Ayuk, you know, his numbers over the last six games, 28 catches, 408 yards, and three touchdowns, 42 targets. Very solid, very playable. But like you said, we just we don't know what we're going to get. And here's the thing. I do trust San Francisco to produce as an offense. Their offense has been very good, but you're right. Kittle is a bigger target. Samuel is a bigger target. Elijah Mitchell or whoever is going to run the ball is going to get some, some looks. We just, we don't know what Ayuk is going to look like. Chase Claypool is super talented. I think his floor is a little bit lower, but I think his ceiling is a lot higher. And he always has that big play in him down the field. I wish they would just chuck it up more often. Like, your offense is big, Ben. Like, what else, What are we doing here? Just do the Randy Moss play. Throw it down the field and see if Claypool <laughs> can just bail you out. Like, I, there are worse things Pittsburgh could do. So, yeah, the matchup is very good against Tennessee. You convinced me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Claypool a shot and put him in over Ayuk. Love to see it. And the thing with Parker, like sometimes people like they'll get on my case and be like, how can you suggest Tua and not Parker? And first of all, it's not like one or the other. And second, like I think Tua could do well without Parker necessarily having a fabulous game. Like Parker could have a game like he had against the Giants where he catches five passes for like 50 yards. And I mean, cool in PPR, that's 10 points, but uh, it's not, it's not super exciting. So uh, I think like Jalen Waddle is the wide receiver one. He's looked phenomenal. So I think Parker's kind of coming back to a different situation where Waddle has really broken out. Anyway, let's move on to everyone's favorite position. (laughs) Well, before we do tight end, we did get a a late mailbag question here from Jason, one of our frequent listeners. So another receiver is one that I want to ask you 
So you post in our Slack, Dander Hopkins is out for the regular season. So he's done. Big loss. So I'm looking at those other Cardinals receivers, AJ Green, Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore. What what are you thinking fantasy-wise from those three? If you had to play one, hold one, or drop one, what do you think about the Cardinals receivers? <laughs> I think I'm playing Christian Kirk. I think he makes the most sense right now. But I'm, I have been like in the Rondell Moore fan club all season. Uh, Sean Kerner, also like president of that club. So we we were literally slacking about this, thinking, saying like, is it Rondell season? It's Rondell season for sure. So, I mean, hopefully we've seen him have games with like 10 or plus targets. And hopefully this means that he will see a little uptick in targets, maybe uptick in red zone usage. But I'm not as just like, like sure about him as I am about Christian Kirk, AJ green just like, doesn't give me the same like vibe. Like, I don't think that he has the same upside and the same floor as the other guys. So I'm holding more playing Kirk dropping green. What about you? Uh, I think Rondale is a drop for me looking at his targets and receptions. It's just the, the, there's the floor is so low. Like he's just too much of a gadgety sort of player. And if it's not a gadget week, it just can go badly. So to me, if we look at down the stretch, I would expect AJ Green to have maybe the one biggest game of the group, but I think Christian Kirk is the, is the guy that you want in your lineup like all the weeks of the season. So I think he's probably the one that gets most catches left. So I would play Kirk slightly over Green, and I think Rondale is is the drop for me. All right, so let's get to our tight ends then. So we are going with everyone's favorite rookie, Kyle Pitts. And another rookie, Pat Fryermuth, and then Dalton Schultz. So got the big name rookie and two other less big names. But what do you think as we head into the final stretch here? How do you think Twitter is going to respond when Pat Fryermuth ends up <laughs> as the top tight end for fantasy over Kyle Pitts? Oh, I mean, uh, like it's 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 bad. Um, but you know what? I love this guy. I actually love Friar. I might just have a thing for like tight ends. Cause I know I was like a Kyle Pitts apologist for a while. Friar's target share has not been impressive, but he's just getting the job done since this, since the Steelers by he has scored six times over seven games and is the tight end four and a half PPR on a per game basis over that span. Those numbers would be even higher if he had managed to hold on to what would have been the game-winning touchdown on the final play. And thank God that he didn't, because the Vikings did not need to lose a 500-point Thursday night lead, and not in my life. We've done that a few other times. Fair <laughs> enough, Brandon. But, you know, some of us like high-scoring things for fantasy. So, I mean, his talent and upside are just so sky high and he just remains such an integral part of this offense, especially in the red zone. So I am going full steam ahead with Pat Fryermuth. Um, I think like more people need to like, I, I'm like the evangelist, like more people need to know the good word about this guy. I'm holding on to Kyle Pitts. Um, I think this may just be sentimental at this point, but uh, he was passable in week 14 against the Panthers caught Five of six targets for 61 yards, good enough for nine fantasy points and his best fantasy performance since week seven. In fact, he has not crested the double digit threshold once since week seven in Miami. He's currently the tight end 28 and half PPR over the last seven games. He has the worst matchup of the group. The 49ers have been actually pretty nasty against tight ends all year, allowing the fourth fewest points to the position. I do like the week 16 matchup, though against the lions. So that's kind of the sentimental side and, and, the, and the week 16 matchup is why I'm holding on to him. 
Schultz, uh, I mean, he's a guy that had a really hot start to the year coming off of his worst game of the year. One catch on three targets for four yards, um, his sixth single digit fantasy performance in seven weeks. He, like many tight ends, has just become really touchdown dependent, which is tricky when you're competing with C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Zeke, Pollard for targets. And you're kind of dealing with Dak, which who hasn't really looked himself Um this week's matchup against the Giants is middle of the road, but I just have the least amount of trust in him right now. So how do you feel about the tight ends? Yeah, I think I'm with you on this one as well. Schultz is definitely the drop for me. He just doesn't quite measure up to the other two. And I, I was very close on these two, and you convinced me again. Fryermuth is just, he's getting those, those red zone looks. And with tight ends, that's really what it comes to be about. Five touchdowns the last seven games. You're right. The target share is low. Only 11 targets the last few games makes me nervous. But Kyle Pitts is not really getting a ton of targets, you know, especially with Ridley out. I thought that he would just be racking up targets, kind of acting like wide receiver one. And he just really hasn't been. So six or seven targets, probably like four catches for 60 yards. If it's a full PPR league, I maybe play Pitts because I think that the floor is pretty solid with him. But uh, I don't, I'm usually half PPR league. And I think at this point, you got to like your touchdown chances with fire move. So uh, yeah, we'll go with him and I'm with you on this one. Next up here on the fantasy flex is our elite entry segment where Brandon is going to dive into the prize picks app to build some entries. He's going to identify some markets. He likes you build your own prize picks entries and all of us have a little fun and make some money. So today we are all going to look at some Thursday night plays for week 15 on prize picks. I almost said week 14, but it's 15 already. Crazy. All right. Hit us with some prize picks. Yeah, so Chiefs-Chargers is a good one. It's a really fun game. Chargers are within a game of the division, within a game of the one seed. So a lot on the line here, but the Chargers are a mess right now, like about half of the NFL. We don't really know for sure who's going to be playing. There's are more injuries, but there's some COVID stuff happening as well. So the, the key with this game and the angle that I'm kind of going for t- uh, with our picks is that the Chiefs are not the Chiefs anymore. The Chiefs are different Chiefs now. So... We know from the first half of the year so far, meaning like the first six games, they were passing all over the place and had no defense to speak of. Since then, they've been like a top three to top five defense. They're running the ball better and actually not passing that well. I think Justin Herbert is probably the better quarterback in this game right now, which is shocking to say. Herbert's very good, though. So I'm going to start with a couple of Patrick Mahomes unders here. First six games of the year, Mahomes averaged 40 attempts a game and 315 yards. Seven games since then, down to 37 attempts a game, 23 completions a game, and 251 yards. So pretty huge drop-off there. He's actually even only had more than one touchdown in two of the last seven games, and that was both the Raiders games. So if you look at that stretch, the Chiefs destroyed the Raiders twice because stupid Gus Bradley won't adjust his defense. But the other five games against any other teams, they're just not passing a lot right now and not very successfully. So I'm going to take Mahomes under 25 completions and under 279 and a half passing yards. So it's a double fate of Mahomes. I would have gone triple, but there are no fantasy options up yet. But when you play, if you want to fade the fantasy points, that is a good way to, to just go all in on the Mahomes fade. I love you, Pat, but right now it's just not happening fantasy-wise. 
So that's the first two. I will play Travis Kelsey's over though, over 60 and a half receiving yards. We know the Chargers love the, the you know, Brandon Staley's defense, drop those safeties, take away the deep ball. That's the thing that everyone's been doing against the, the Chiefs this year. Well, that means it's Kelsey time. And you, you hit the middle of the field, you go underneath the safeties. Kelsey had seven catches, 104 yards against the Chargers. The first game that they played them, Chargers are bottom 10 in DVOA against tight ends. So I like Kelsey here. Uh, eight of 13 games, he's gone over 60 and a half yards and for the last five against the Chargers. That's the Chiefs plays. A couple Chargers to throw in. Justin Herbert, though I said he's playing well, he is trying to do everything for this team right now and making some young player mistakes. He's an interception in eight of 13 games and all five losses so far. And I do think the Chargers could lose this game. So I'm going to take Herbert over half an interception. I do think he'll have an interception. Chiefs defense has forced 15 turnovers the last five games. And then last one, Austin Eckler, assuming that he plays, he's got that high ankle sprain, so make sure to check on that. Uh, but I'm expecting a lot of just dump off passes. The Chargers offensive line is in a rough shape this week. Their right side of the line is terrible anyways. Rashawn Slater, their star rookie left tackle is out. So I'm expecting a lot of like, oh no, I'm getting sacked, dump it off to Eckler. So over 37 and a half receiving yards. Remember that first game of the season, he had no targets and we all panicked. What's happening with Austin Eckler? He's gone over this line eight of the last 12 games. So Chiefs allow the third most receiving yards per game to running back at 58 yards a game. I like that one a lot. So shall I summarize for us? Please summarize. All right. So Mahomes were fading under 25 completions, under 280 passing yards. Travis Kelsey over 60 receiving yards. Justin Herbert with an interception and Austin Eckler over 37 and a half receiving yards. Our last one for the year. We're going all in with five. Hopefully we get another big winner to close out strong. Love it. Yeah, you have been on fire recently, so I hope you're out there actually betting these things, too. Um, But yeah, I mean, to your point, the Chiefs are just such a different team than what we know them as even historically or even like five weeks ago. I mean, they were playing some trash defense. They were meme worthy. I think they were allowing like the most fantasy points to quarterbacks and receivers like for the first like five weeks of the of the season and everyone was like oh we could start everyone against them and then now they're like all of a sudden super nasty and I, I don't think it's necessarily that like anything's wrong with Patrick Mahomes they're just playing a different kind of ball game right now so uh yeah I like all of your picks all right let us just move on to some uh silly play hold and drops all right. Yeah, we want to have a little fun here. It's our last episode of the season. So I just wanted to wrap up with some, you know, a little a little bonus PhD. You can get your master's on top of your PhD today. I mean, I think that's backwards. You can get it. I don't know. Add a second doctorate. Okay. First this one. This is the postdoctorate. The, there we go. Yeah, that's the, the one. That, there it is. Congratulations. We have defended our dissertation. Now we'll get a postdoc. So first one, play, hold, or drop. Thursday night football, Sunday night football, Monday night football. What do you think? Hmm. I'm going to say Monday Night Football, but that's like only because of the schedule. Um, I'm going to drop Monday Night Football because I don't like to like have to stay up. I mean, granted, now I live on in mountain time, so it's not that bad. But like that kind of throws off my week if I have to be up kind of later. And but like Monday Night Football is way better. I mean, I want the Manning cast for every single game. Mm. So this is just purely a scheduling thing. And like if Thursday Night Football can be like a little (laughs) better in terms of like 
competitiveness. Yeah. That, I mean, that would be ideal. I would say they are the hold and I love Sunday night football. So uh, I'm going to yeah. say they're the play. What about you? Yeah, I'm coming out strong on this one. Fire Thursday night football into the sun. Punt it out of my life. I never want Thursday night football again. By the way, Thursday night, yay, prize picks, elite entries. Let's do Thursday night football. Just we, Every week, every week, we're missing half of the teams and the quarterbacks and the injuries. It's like, yeah, that's because we just rammed these guys into each other 80 times four days ago. And then we're like, hey, by the way, we got a little extra TV money. Let's do it again a couple of days later. So get Thursday out of here. I grew up without it. This is like my like old man shaking fist at cloud. I don't need it. it. It threw off the rhythm of the week. Ditch Thursday, hold Monday Night Football. That's the tradition. But the games kind of stink now. But maybe someday it comes back to more like it used to be that we used to all sit down and watch that game together, Samantha. And now it's like, well, should we watch it? I don't know. It's, it's Houston this week. You're right, though. The Manning cast saves that one. Sunday Night Football, the easy play. That's the big one. And especially after a very full, busy Sunday, you could kind of catch your breath, settle in for the one game you get to really pull attention to. So, yeah. Awesome. All right. Hit us with some fantasy uh, rule <laughs> drops. Yes. All right. So standard scoring, full PPR or half PPR, play holder drop. Half PPR is obviously the play. Like, I, I don't, it's just obvious. So it's a matter of if you like standard or full, I would say full is the hold and standards, the drop. But I know there are a lot of people that are just going to complain that guys can get like 10 fantasy points for getting all these like passes that are go for one yard or something like that. So I, I understand the arguments against PPR, but I would rather have PPR than standard. Yeah, I. My only opinion here is play on half PPR. So I'm with you on that. That's the one that you should be sticking with. I think full is a little high. Half is, you know, it's the Goldilocks. It's, it's just right. So I, I don't have an opinion on the other one. Let's keep moving. All right. So next fantasy one, daily fantasy, redraft leagues or dynasty leagues. What do you think? Play hold or drop? I don't plan enough. DFS or dynasties. So I'm just going to have to say that redraft is going to be the play for me. I think I'd rather play DFS. Like if I, if I just like needed to go do something more and I do talk about DFS on the radio and stuff, and I would rather get more into that than dynasty, nothing against dynasty for sure. I just think like, it's like, it's just, it would be my least favorite of the group because I do like DFS a lot just because of the idea that you can uh, get these players that you don't have on your teams and uh, you know, just, kind of start fresh every week. Yeah, I'm with you. Redraft is the play. And I'm not super excited about either one. I'm pretty similar to you on this one. A dynasty seems like it should be very appealing to me. So I guess I'll give dynasty a hold. Maybe I've just never really been in the right dynasty league. You know, to me, dynasty leagues always end up folding after like three years. They just you never get people to stick around for the long haul. So then it's just a cheat code for me because I just get all the old guys that everyone else is avoiding. I'm like, well, this league's never going to last anyway. I'll just beat you all for the first few years and then join the next dynasty. So uh, I, the idea of a dynasty is appealing to me. The idea of daily fantasy for me personally is less appealing. I, I like to invest and in, like get my guys. I like, I like the trading as we know. You can't trade. You know, I, I need the redraft. I need the dynasty. Like, oh man, trading picks and all that stuff. So, but yeah, re redraft is my jam. That's, that's where, I've, that's what I'll stick with. Glad we can agree on that. 
Yeah. All right. Alternative fantasy scoring format. Tight end premium, two quarterback leagues, or points per first down. Play hold or drop. So I actually I, I wanted to put these kind of all in the same group because it's it's kind of in the vein of like making thing like certain positions more competitive, like uh quarterback in like 12 team leagues. I mean, you can just pick random guys up off the waiver wire and stuff like that. So like making a two quarterback makes that position a little bit more uh weighted. Uh, I guess like fairly and the same thing with tight end premium and then points per first down. I love that instead of, or in addition to some kind of PPR blended thing. So I am going to say hmm, points per first down is the play hold is the two quarterback. Cause I only, because I would rather have it be super flex and uh tight end premium is the drop. I, I just, I don't really like positional premiums like that. Yeah, I was going to say that I wish Superflex was on this list too. So yeah, I, I like the option to play a second quarterback, but the mandate to do it often leaves you with, you know, there are always a few teams that are just like, oh, I have to start Davis Mills this week. Like that can be rough. So the two quarterback thing, it depends a lot on your league size to me. If it's a 10 team league or something smaller, you got to have the two quarterbacks to make enough relevant, but it's a really tight window. Once it gets to 12 teams, uh, it's kind of shaky through some of those bye weeks anything past 12, you're really pushing it. So uh, I'm with you. I actually have never played a tight end premium, so I'm going to try it. I'll try anything. I, I like trying out new scorings, but uh, yeah. It's a very I'll, I'll play hot the thing right now. Yes. Like I feel like just like everyone's doing tight end premium and everyone's doing the third round reversal. So I uh, was trying to think of some cool alternatives. Yeah, I like it. I, I still like my, my tip to you. If you want to try something new that not many people are doing, I still like the, you have to have a rookie in your lineup, non-quarterback. Oh, like yeah. So like a, a flex spot that is a running back receiver or a tight end, but it has to be a rookie. And especially if you have like a keeper league or dynasty league, it just puts a little more premium on get to know those new guys coming in. So that, and I like to, some of these rules, like fantasy, you know, we, we make fantasy so easy for our listeners. We've got resources for everything now. Some of these rules, you got to do your own research on a little bit and then give you a little extra advantage. If you know what you're doing, you can't just buy the magazine or the, you know, print out the spreadsheet on your way to the draft. Oh my God, buy the magazine. My goodness, how old am I? (laughs) You are so, such a boomer. Listen, I've been in fantasy magazines. It was a big deal back in like the early 2000s. So I'm just going to, I'll take the L on that I am just, I am just ribbing you. That is so old. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. Let us move on to some fun ones about coaches. Yes. All right. So play hold or drop. You have to play and hold two of these guys. Apparently you can't just drop all of them. So we got some NFL coaches for you. Urban Meyer, who you remember wrote in an email to one of our questions one time before you may recall that. So Urban Meyer, Matt, yeah, Matt Nagy and Joe judge play hold or drop you're let's, let's do it this way. Your Panthers have to get one of these guys to coach your team for the next year. I'll do the same for the Vikings. Who you got? Play holder drop. Nagy, Meyer, or Judge? Judge, but it's close. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not it's not great. I I just I guess my thought is I think the Giants are bad because of their leadership and their front office. Like I think this is more Dave Gettleman's fault. I don't think Joe judge is a fantastic coach, but of of these guys, uh, I guess I would rather have him coaching my Carolina Panthers, Matt Nagy, just so, so frustrating. 
um, not just for fantasy purposes, but for actual football purposes. I'm like, I find I'm not a Bears fan, and I find my and like I'm not invested in some of these games, and I find myself like screaming at the TV because Matt Nagy just frustrates me, and then Urban Meyer, but he would be the hold, and obviously Urban's going to be the drop. Yeah, yeah, Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer is like the Thursday night football of coaches for me. Like, just get him out of here. The Jaguars should fire him right now. Like, don't even wait till the end of the season. No, He's I don't actively damaging. Doing like why? Why is he just letting this happen? I don't, I don't it's get done. it. It's, it's done. So yeah, I, I will. I guess reluctantly share your opinion and go with Joe Judge just because I don't want like Matt Nagy has actively sabotaged the Bears this year. He has tried to make himself look good on the Andy Dalton versus Justin Fields decision, and to, that's just unforgivable to me. You, you got to move on from that. Erwin Meyer is a disaster, and get him out of here. So by default, I guess Joe Judge though that. Get get my man a game manager. Somebody is somebody else control the clock and the timeouts and all that because my goodness, can Joe Judge not do that? So more coaches. We're, we're let's say we're replacing. We're, we're the Bears or the Jaguars or the Giants, and we're replacing our coach. But our only options are to bring back someone who was fired last year. So play hold or drop. Adam Gase, Bill O'Brien, or Matt Patricia. Whoa. Ah. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to say play Bill O'Brien, but take away his GM privileges. Like, I think that was the issue is that it's not necessarily him as a coach. It's that like he's trading uh, DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson in a ham sandwich. And like, I just I don't understand uh, why they just didn't take him off that kind of role as like the de facto GM. And I mean, I get it. Like, maybe it was just time to move on. But He's probably the best of that group. Gase is just the job. Like I used to work for the New York Post and like, I think they're probably going to be the most favorable outlet to the Jets. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just painful. And we've seen a lot of players, I mean, not Sam Darnold's, but a lot of players have a post Adam Gase glow up. Uh, so I think that kind of speaks to kind of how bad they, uh, how bad he is. Matt Patricia. I mean, he's just like incompetent, but like, in a different way than like Adam Gase is like destructively incompetent. I think. Yeah, that I, I agree with you. Matt Patricia at least like looks like a fun dude. Like he looks like <laughs> a guy that you like hang out with at a sports bar, right? Like at least there's that. At least you'll enjoy your press conferences. Give Detroit credit for that. They they get coaches who are entertaining at least. Right. Um. Yeah, Bill O'Brien. I think you were wrong on that that trade. I think Bill O'Brien threw in the ham sandwich with DeAndre Hopkins. That's how bad that that trade was. But no, I'm with you. I actually, as a coach, he was pretty good. The Texans every year, you know, Deshaun Watson and Bill O'Brien just kept winning games. So if you can limit his power and just let him coach and especially scheme up the offense, he's definitely the coach that you want coaching of this group. And yeah, so I'm with you on that. Get rid of Adam Gase unless it's a long-term plan to bring in Adam Gase and then immediately fire him. And maybe (laughs) you do for your team the thing of the after Adam Gase boost. Maybe that works out for you. I, I like that plan for sure. All right. All let right. Us, uh, speaking of Adam Gase uh, <laughs> alumni. Speaking of, speaking of uh, yeah, yeah, just, okay. Panthers quarterbacks, your guys, your, your many, many options, play hold or drop Sam Darnold, Cam Newton, or PJ Walker, or if you're the Panthers, you just play all three of them apparently. <laughs> I think it's going to be some kind of tripartite committee. <laughs> like I, I, that none of this surprises me. Um, I, 
PJ Walker, like I, we know what he is like, stop trying to put him in there. I mean, like, I, I just think he has the lowest upside of the two and of the three rather um, Sam Darnold. I'm going to put an ice and Cam Newton. I'm going to play. And it's like, but like none of it's good. Like you're, you're talking about, one level up from the worst quarterback or something. So, um, I, I mean, I think Cam brings an excitement and dimension to the game that, you know, some of these other guys don't. Sam Darnold, I, he's dead to me. Um, so I have no interest in him. Uh, we might see him this week, though. So I will just uh, be drowning myself in some old fashions. Yeah, that, that seems about right. All I have to say on this one is just just play Cam. At least the fans will have fun. You know, yes, like exactly. This, He's this, fun. This, He's exciting. It's done. Like it, <laughs> you're you're five and eight. The schedule is rough. It's it's over. You had a good time. Play Cam Newton. The fans want Cam. Just play Cam. All right. Hey, let us move. Got, yeah, we got some uh, some Game of Thrones PhDs. Are we going to have a PhD in fantasy television as well? Yes, I mean, I didn't, I don't know much television, but I do know Game of Thrones because I just watched it. All right. So, yeah, I guess uh, maybe spoiler alert. I guess we'll see how we do this. So, we've got some Game of Thrones slash football uh, crossovers here. So, first one Game of Thrones fantasy football managers. So, Daenerys Targaryen, Peter Baelish, that's Littlefinger, or Tywin Lannister, that's the dad, right? Yes. Okay. So, I'm going to say Tywin because I actually had a lot of respect for Tywin. Like I understood his motives and I feel like, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a jerk that had the Targaryen children all killed in their cribs, but like at, he at least had like the levelist head, I think of all of them. Um, Peter Baelish. So Tywin's going to be my play. Peter Baelish is just like, I think he, he, he thinks he's smarter than he is. So I'm going to put him as the hold and Danny, I just think would get too emotional. Um, and like, I don't know, blow something up. So she's going to be the drop. So this is interesting. I was never really a big Tywin fan, as you probably can tell by my extremely noob question. He's the dad, right? So, yeah, I think that I'm dropping Tywin. I don't really have a lot to contribute on him. He's, he's very he's very strategic. The Lancers fell apart without him. He's probably the right play here. Peter Baelish, to me, Littlefinger, as a fantasy manager, this, this is a man after my heart. He trades like I trade. This is how I would want to play fantasy football. Like I would be the little finger of the fantasy football league with my trade offers and my like setting you up for the next, you know, the many steps ahead. Chaos is a ladder. That sounds like a very fun fantasy strategy to me. So he makes sense to me. Danny, though, the thing with her is she always finishes the season strong. Always finishes the season strong. So if you just get to the I mean, playoffs, she doesn't well, finish the series strong. Not the series no. strong. <laughs> Perhaps not. I realized that I was explaining it. But however, you know, the, the first few seasons, it's it's always a big finale for her. So my thinking is if you can just sneak into the playoffs with Danny, then maybe you get the championship because she's finishing the season strong. So you're right. The rough, rough finale for our girl. So we'll we'll hold uh, we'll hold our Khaleesi. And I'm going to play a little finger and drop Taiwan. Okay, next one. Game of Thrones football player. So our choices are Dandor Clegane, that's the Hound, Tormund, Tormund Giants Bane, and Khal Drago. We've got, the, it's like a three-man defense right there. So what do you think? Who, who are you going to play or hold from this group? Hmm. I think I'm going to play Sander Clegane. Like, this is a dude 
that will like fight through everything. You can't kill him. Like he's got a leg sticking out and he finds, he like somehow finds a way to live through that. Um, I think he's, he's probably the smartest of the three though. I don't know how smart Khal Drago is. Like he was just a, a short, a brief kind of thing. Um, he's just like a ferocious dude, but like, so are all these guys. Um, I guess, I guess I would probably go Khal Drago as the old He's just like pure strength that can rip a dude's tongue out of his throat, which that was a gross scene, by the way. <laughs> I just watched it. And um, Tormund, Giant Spain, he's the drop only because I just think like he doesn't have the football IQ. So I'm, I'm a little different on this one. So I'm trying to think through like, OK, what position am I looking at for these guys? They're so probably like up. offensive linemen. Let's let's I don't know. Also, I've got this figured out here. Hear me out here. So I think Khal Drago, I think that he's a tight end. You know, he got good size. He's going to be a big red zone target and he's going to give me some catches. I'm a little worried about like not game breaking speed necessarily, but I think he's going to, you know, he might flame out a little early. And but but I like Hal Drago there. My problem with the Hound is I, I feel like that the modern game might just be a little too fast for him. I'm just not sure that he is going to be quick enough. Yeah, he might he might need to be an offensive lineman. I, I was thinking of him more as like, I don't know, like a, a middle linebacker or something. So, you know, you want him being able to beat up on guys, put him in, put him out as like a left guard and just like pounding people. Oh man. Grown oh my God. That. Brandon. Brandon. But I wasn't even trying to do that. <laughs> uh, so actually I like, I like Tormund. So I'm seeing Tormund as a defensive end. I'm seeing him as like the, like the Brian Burns of this team. He's going to like just, his crazy energy and his crazy red hair. He's going to come off the end and be in your backfield. And look, he's giants in his name. So how bad of a football player can he be? Maybe Tormund is, is uh, the Lawrence Taylor of game of Thrones. So <laughs> I'm going to play Tormund and I will hold on to call Drago at tight end. We, we do love our tight ends named Kyle Drago. I don't know. And we'll drop the hound. Okay, that was a bad segment for me. All right. <laughs> Final question, and we can get out of here. Last one. Game of Thrones fantasy commissioner. Who do you want running your league? We've got Jon Snow, Brandon Stark, or Tyrion Lannister. Okay. First of all, I'm not like team Brandon in any way. Sorry, Brandon. But oh, just like oh, not team. That is a harsh sentence. We waited all season on the fantasy flex for you to drop that on me. I'm just not team brand. Like I hate the way that the series ended. So, you know, I'm just like kicking him out. He is the job for me. I think Tyrion strikes me as like the smartest and fairest kind of like the way that when he was, he came into a Marine with Jorah and he was like kind of talking to Khaleesi about like what she should do with him after he had like betrayed her and I just feel like he would be like very level-headed he's even gone against like his own family and all that so I think that he would be like good to to adjudicate things like this and then uh yeah Jon Snow would be the hold he's just like he he, he can be corrupted do you know what I mean mm -hmm. like he can be and not in not necessarily a bad way but like it I mean he did show weakness in certain times, loyalty to his family, loyalty to uh, Ygritte. So, you know, uh, I think that he is the hold for me. What about you? Yeah, I think Tyrion is the right play here. He's the guy that you want running your league. He's just, he's, he's wise. He should have 
we should have had a, a little more shine for my guy Tyrion at the end of the series. You know, like he's the one that you really wanted running the show, making the decisions. Uh, John is almost a little too loyal. Like, I feel like I'm going to get into John's league and then like a couple of John's buddies are going to do an, uh, like an under the table trade that clearly should get vetoed. And John's just going to be like, you know, no, these are my guys. I'm just going to let this go. He's, he's a little too loyal, a little, like a little tries to be a little too pure. So uh, I, I'm going to drop John. I, I can't drop Brandon. Like, how can I drop Brandon? So yeah, not my favorite character on the show. Definitely, you know, I could have chosen a few better Brandons on there, but I'll, I'll hold on to him in for his namesake and then play Tyrion. Fair enough. There's no bias there for Brandons here. No bias. Um, by, by the way, bonus last last one, PhD, playholder drop. Anyone named Ryan, players, grandmas, or grandmothers of people named Ryan? What do you think? <laughs> um... Hmm. I have an ex named Ryan, so drop. <laughs> and then uh, play the grandmothers, just grandmothers in general. Grandmas yeah. are cool. Um, and then grandmas of Ryan just get to put in the middle because they're yeah. Ryan adjacent. Yeah. So Ryan, bye. Uh, play the grandmas. I'm with you. All right. All right. That'll do it for our final. This, I mean, this isn't a mailbag, but it's kind of a mailbag episode of the season. Uh, I can't thank you enough, Brandon, for coming on here and helping me out, helping, helping out our, our fans and our listeners kind of parse through some very dicey uh, decisions and everything like that. So we are doing, you know, not all heroes wear capes. That's right. Well, thank you for having me all season. I've had so much fun hanging out and answering mailbag questions and occasionally making fun of our listeners, which, you know, maybe maybe that will come up in the review at the end of the year. <laughs> but it's been so much fun. And listeners, too. Thank you all for listening. You've made this a blast for us and for all the questions you've submitted all years and the PhDs. And uh, yeah, it's been a fun season. Let's win some championships. Let us win some championships. All right. As a reminder, Sean Kerner and Chris Raybon are here on the Fantasy Flex every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, giving you guys all the DFS, waiver wire, and rankings info to help you dominate your fantasy leagues. Thanks again for listening. Please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. Maybe just go on there and like say something nice about Brandon or say something nice about me. Uh, download us wherever you like to listen, and we will see you next time on the Fantasy Flex presented by Prize Picks. Peace out, y'all.